Hello and welcome to the uh, next episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast. And uh, you can contact the show at, at Justin Woolen on Twitter or you can email me directly at uh, justin.woolen at cisco.com. That's two O's and one L. So uh, today I'm joined by a hopefully going to be a continuing regular contributor. That's Brett Martin, who was on the, uh, the Wi-Fi Best Practice Podcast. Indeed. Yeah. So uh, hello, everybody. So I'm a, a systems engineer here in uh, Cisco in the UK. Uh, aligned to our enterprise customers. So I've been doing a bit around Wi-Fi analytics and location services for a few years now. Yeah, so thank you for introducing that. So we're here today, uh, and I wanted to, to get Brett back in because I really enjoyed doing that podcast with him. Uh, we were supposed to be joined by, by uh, Jason, who was in there as well, but unfortunately he got uh, held up. And I wanted to talk a bit more about Wi-Fi because that's something I'm, you might guess or not that I'm quite passionate about. I've been doing it for a long time. And I wanted to see what else can we do with Wi-Fi other than just connecting people to the internet to do shopping mm-hmm. or connecting to their business applications and all those important things that we have uh, going on and, and allowing people to be more mobile around an office and getting the kids onto onto Spotify and other music uh, uh, suppliers <laughs> are available and all the other things that go on in the social media land. Um, but I just wanted to see what, what other things can do with it because I'm, I, there are... There are some quite fascinating things you can do with Wi-Fi, and that's why mm. I want to spend the time today talking about that. So, Brett, you mean you've been a, a, a wireless guru for a long time now? So, what are the things that we're seeing out there by done by Cisco, maybe other mm. vendors as well, out there that they're using Wi-Fi for other than just connecting people? Yeah. So, the, there's a big push. Uh, at the moment, and, and I'm sure anybody who's been around Wi-Fi for a little while will see see an enormous amount of activity around uh, around location services in the last uh, the last couple of years, really. So uh, Apple came out with uh, with with iBeacons, talking about location services using Bluetooth. Uh, so what, what's that iBeacons then? Cause oh, the, good question. Because I don't want to, as we always say, the mantra of this podcast is we don't talk jargon. Uh, and things like that. So, so what 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 is that that what was that thing that Apple did with this iBeacon? So basically, they came out. I think it was in iOS eight. They uh, or it might even have been iOS seven. The, the operating system for for iPhone and iPad. They they came out with the ability for that operating system to listen for uh, a, a Bluetooth beacon. So, uh, a Bluetooth beacon is is basically normally a battery powered device that just sends out a a code. So all it's doing is spending all its time saying one, two, three, four, five, six, multiple times a second. And it's then the phone's job to pick up that uh, that code that's transmitted via Bluetooth and, and do something with so, it. And so if, I, if I've got this right then, so it sits there with this little beacon, I yep. walk past it with my phone, with my Bluetooth on, and it will activate something on my phone. Exactly. So for example, if I'm walking part, if I'm in a store or mm-hmm. shop, and there's an, a, these eye beacons that sits there next to the uh, my favourite pair of jeans, yeah. I walk past it and I and it could pop up and say, "Oh, Justin, jeans are now ten percent off," or or, or exactly. we have jeans in your size today for once. Yeah, so I guess loosely termed proximity-based marketing, so, I suppose. So it's yeah. So we know, but I have to be next to the beacon to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And then these beacons, then if I remember rightly, then they're obviously battery operated, and they yeah. you just dot them around the store, and 
yeah, most important places. That it, exactly. So there are uh, there's various different flavors. There's USB powered ones. We have uh, Bluetooth beacons built into a, a wireless access point as well. Uh, there's various. Oh, so it would be ways like of... I'll walk under it then, and hmm. I'll be able to do to do that as well. Then. Yeah, precisely. So I think generally there's been a lot of buzz in the marketplace in the last couple of years about what we can do with with location based services with trying to push different services onto people's So you, you mentioned devices. something in there as well you talked about so we've jumped from iBeacons and you talked about location based services mm. and so I think that I'd like to spend a little bit of time about that because yeah. we've talked about iBeacons where I walk past something that's a fixed pe- on in, in, a, in a building and it yeah. makes something happen but location based services is something that we've been doing for a long time yeah. and I you mean I'm just going back to in healthcare that's something that's been used a lot. So what is location based services? What what hmm. is that thing? Yeah, so I mean when we talk about location based services as it relates to Wi-Fi, uh basically it's it's using the fact that multiple wireless access points will hear uh will hear a single client. And in the same way that a a mobile phone tower or multiple mobile phone towers can be used to triangulate a, a mobile phone. Uh, we can do the same thing, um, same thing in wireless, uh, in Wi-Fi. So it, think of it uh, like your your phone is is heard at different volumes on on mm-hmm. three or more access points, uh, using some clever algorithms and some clever mathematics in the in the background. We can work out if it's heard at a certain volume on, on AP1, it's heard slightly louder or quieter on AP2 and louder or quieter on AP3, we can then say, this is this is where we think we can make a re- We can make, it's not an educated guess, but using the maths behind it, we can yeah. say, we uh, can approximate that this device is in this location, on this area. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to, uh, the, the accuracy that you're going to get is going to depend on uh, the number of access points that can hear that client. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to depend on on how close those APs are to the client. It's going to depend on on a number of uh, sort of physical factors. Yeah. But if you if you design the network appropriately for location services, then you can realistically expect um, quite comfortably to get sort of plus or minus five meters um, of, of accuracy. Yeah, and you can get you can get more accurate that the, the better you design it and the better Absolutely. you sort of yeah calibrate it and that sort of thing so yeah. and that's interesting because it's not an easy thing to do is it you mean because we you mean when you go into a business or a, or a building and go right you want to put wi-fi in there's different ways of doing wi-fi and we talk about wi-fi for data only yep uh we can just say right okay coverage how many devices are going to connect how much throughput's going to go over the wi-fi we can design it appropriately yeah and place the ap's uh, ap's meaning access points for anybody who wants yep. to pick us up on that <laughs> and um then you could say, "Oh, I don't know. I want to do video. Or I hmm. want to do. I want to do uh, sort of live live video. As in, I want to do video calls. I want to do yeah. uh, like um, FaceTime and other other ways of doing it. Hmm. Jabber um, or, or uh, Link, yeah, or Skype for business. Yeah. Or Skype itself. Um, I'm trying to get everything. <laughs> I'm trying to get everything on there to be fair. Um, and then uh, you or you could talk about voice as well. So you can do do, do voice hmm. over Wi-Fi." And that needs a different kind of deployment because obviously you need more, maybe more access points because you yep. want to make sure of roaming and coverage and yep. making sure that that call has got coverage everywhere you need it. And then there's the next one of location tracking. Mm. So if you want to use the Wi-Fi to uh, find out where a, the approximately where a device is, mm. then 
uh, and that device could be a phone, it could be anything, anything that's got Wi-Fi enabled on it. Yeah. Um, and it not necessarily has to be a like a phone or, or, or a human interface device. It could be just like a tag as well, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you need to deploy the Wi-Fi in a different kind of way. Mm, so, you, and that's where you put the APs, and and there are plenty of guides around that, isn't there? So there are, yeah. So there's there's stuff on uh, on on Cisco.com, of course. Um, the if if you use a um, a site surveying tool, so uh, Echohow is a good example. Uh, then when you're going and doing a, a, a a site survey then you can plug in there that one of your requirements is is location and that will spit out a in its report it will spit out the the, the sort of most not literally optimal, spit, well not not, not, <laughs> not literally uh, it will give you uh, the ap layout that's going to be at most appropriate for location services so uh, i mean just to give you an example because we need to triangulate the if you're looking at putting Wi-Fi coverage down a down a corridor, um, if you had APs just in a straight line down the middle of that corridor, then we've got very little opportunity tri- to triangulate. So, uh, if you were dis- designing that layout for location services, then you would stagger those access points down the uh, down the corridor. Yeah. So you would have sort of a zigzag uh, formation rather than a straight line. So it's, it's techniques like that that uh, that are good. A good Wi-Fi partner will will help to design yeah. uh, the appropriate layout for for the access points to give you best best location accuracy. Yeah, because that's the thing, isn't it? Is, mm. it, it and Wi-Fi is isn't as straightforward as everybody thinks it is. Everyone compares it to like why it works easy at home. Yeah. why doesn't it work yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, work? Absolutely, yeah. because it is those things of right. Do I just want data? Am I just going to be accessing sort of applications, mm. uh, sort of data applications, or am I going to want to do voice, video, and then do I want to do location? And that's the mm. bit where you need to think about that before and have considerations around that. Yeah. yeah. When you're talking to your technology partners, or when you're thinking about it this yourself. Um, and, and where we've, you I mean we, we've we've used this before? We've used this already, haven't we? So we get uh, we've used this in hospitals. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got some. I think Great Holman Street Hospital is is a reference yeah. for, for Cisco or where they've done that, and they're using a mixture of, of tags and these Wi-Fi tags, and it mm. is basically a dumb device that sits there, battery operated, and it basically just chirps away because that's the thing that you don't have to be necessarily connected to the network mm. to the Wi-Fi yeah. network to be tracked because. I mean, what, what happens with a device? You mean from a, um, a, de- a device perspective, as in, uh, you mean you've got a, uh, a smartphone on the desk here in the room. Yeah. So that, even though it might not be connected to anything, is still doing stuff, isn't it? From a Wi-Fi perspective, it is uh, absolutely. So the the devices are, are quite chatty, even when you don't necessarily expect them to be. So just because of the basic way that, that wireless works, uh, that device is going to be sending out the odd frame here or there so you get framey now you're getting a bit oh, oh, uber techy but i would just say it's like a ping isn't it every so often that yeah. device whether you like it or not if the wi-fi is on will like send a ping out yeah and just and say what's going on out there in the wi-fi world yeah so so i mean so that when you when you pick your device up and it uh it, it reawakens that it's it's automatically going to be connected to Wi-Fi or it's going to populate that list of available wireless networks very quickly so that you can then you can join one and, and do do whatever you're doing so um, it's just one of the fundamentals of the way that, that Wi-Fi works that is going to it's not completely silent even when that device is in your pocket so that's so using that principle in mind when we start to look about these tags that we, we, we call it that just sit there and they just do those little pings out oh. there all the time saying 
ping, ping, ping. And yeah. then the Wi-Fi network can hear those pings and then go, I, I can then triangulate and work out where you are. So it's it, it can be used in an active way, as in I'm connected to the Wi-Fi network with a device that I'm using, yeah. or can be that tag can be attached to something. Mm. And that's where we've seen it being used in, in hospitals and things like where they're tagging sort of high-value high, high devices yeah. uh, and important devices, such as heart monitors and mm. things like that, that there's not necessarily one per patient or one in every ward, but when they're needed, you need to find them. So you yep. can just go to a, a workstation or a, a mobile device and look at a GUI or like like a, a, a some sort of um, application yeah. that would then show you where it is and then you can go and find it. Yeah. I mean, one of the examples that I've seen that was really slick was how this is integrated into uh, into the voice system. So if you're in, in a hospital, for example, you're, uh, you're a porter and you're looking for a, for a wheelchair, you can phone a number and say, where's the nearest wheelchair? And it will read back to you where the nearest wheelchair is physically located. So Whoa. there's lots of really cool technology enabling that. So first of all, we have to know where the porter is. Second of all, we have to know where the wheelchair is, and then correlate where, where all the wheelchairs are, and then work out which one is closest to the porter. Um, but it, I think the reason that I like that example is because I guess we all think that you've got to go and look at a screen to get this information. Um, a hospital porter is unlikely to have a a device, and then obviously, well, it sort of breaks the 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 smart bit about being able to find the nearest one. But if I know where the nearest one is, but I have to walk to the workstation, then it's yeah, gonna, it's, yeah. it's not it, you, you're sort of breaking the the. Uh, the the benefits of it then aren't you you are yeah uh but i guess if that person has a a basic ip phone uh basic wi-fi phone then they can they can use this kind of uh, use this kind of service and get this kind of intelligence without necessarily having to oh. to look at a screen so uh, so that lots really, of options yeah so there's lots of options that that's just going to show how um an example of of how wi-fi in this location functionality that's in there can actually help to drive uh, help a process within a hospital isn't it yeah, yeah. And, and the examples i've i've heard uh, i've not seen myself of of, of tr- from a, a calibration perspective of trying to find out what those devices are so um, in a medical environment all devices that need to be calibrated so mm. we have the manufacturer uh, service team will come in and the first thing they've got to do is find those devices. Now, mm-hmm. if they can just go to a, a, a workstation or, or or other ways of yep. doing it, <laughs> I don't know if you could phone up and say, Hugh, tell me where all the heart monitors yeah. are. But, uh, and, but then the thing is, they could look at it and go, actually, right, my work my workflow around the hospital is going to be from here to here to here to here, yeah. but I know where everything is. Mm. So they can find them all, service them all, calibrate them all, and then get them back out and being used in, by, by the patients mm. and, and the staff. So that, that's something as well that we've, we've, we've seen how it's being used. And there's, there's been a bit of a step change, though, hasn't there? It has. Because we've gone yeah. from... Because th- this has been around a while. I mean, I've been at Cisco nine years now, and I remember working on, 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 on um, projects like this that yep. we just talked about a long time uh, you know, a long time ago. It's been nine years now. <laughs> I still don't count as a veteran yet. <laughs> um, but it's been a step change because we, we've, we've started to move this technology and start to use it in a different way. And, mm. and what, what can you tell us about that? I think, I mean, really what's happened is that with the, I guess, the proliferation of devices, uh, do you like that word? I I do like proliferation, yes, yeah. Um, 
with the proliferation of devices. Uh, now, everybody's got a Wi-Fi device in their pocket. Uh, we can start to use this technology to, uh, to track people around a physical, a physical space. So moving away from just tracking these active RFID tags, um, where there's a much more, we're much closer to kind of a one-to-one mapping between Wi-Fi devices and people, we can start to, to work out uh, using this kind of technology and using some clever analytics that sits on the top, we can start to build up a picture of how physical spaces um, are being used. So uh, more rather than sort of real time, I want to know where that device is or that thing is right now, um, using this kind of technology to look back uh, over time and say, what were my peak hours last week? What was the uh, the average dwell time for people in this particular zone, this particular part of the building? Um, so it's those kind of analytics and those kind of insights that uh, we're starting to be able to gather um, which we've not been able to do before really um, unless you're using um, something like video analytics which can be uh, very expensive and, and you need a lot of cameras uh, to, to get anything anything interesting from, from that. Um, this is something that, that we can get a lot of insight from um, with relatively low impact, relatively um, uh, sort of short time to actually implement and roll out. Yeah, yeah. And and that's interesting because it is that point that you you brought up of about everyone's got a phone in their pocket or nearly Mm. everyone's got a phone in their pocket. Those phones in their pocket are smart devices. What's the one thing they're going to have on is Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi. And that's the thing, the interesting thing, if you go, right, well, people are carrying more than one device. I mean, we've got four devices in this room. Yeah. I've got two, you've got two. Um, I think I haven't got anything else in my bag that's Wi-Fi enabled, I don't think. No. But, um, but, that, but, that, but that, so there are ways to sort of take that into account of that and you can start to go, well, actually, if I use a, I can put some extra um, algorithm, not algorithm, but be able to go, well, if I, if I take an average of two devices per person, I can sort of... Yeah. But, but then I mean, it depends in your environment because in a work environment, I, yeah. but if I was walking around the street, on, on a shopping day in the shopping centre, I'd have my phone in my pocket. So yeah. you could do it that way as well. Yeah, I, I think the point that you've raised is that this isn't this isn't an exact science. We're not. Uh, we, we can't assume that one device equals one person all the time. And I think that's really important, though, isn't it? Because that's the thing that when I've talked to people about this and customers about this, they'll go and and these aren't IT people. I've been speaking to a lot of uh, estates people mm. who want to measure utilization of estates and uh, of their real estate and how mm. well is it being used, how many how many rooms are being used. Uh, and, and they're trying to even correlate that. I mean I'm talking to universities and they're saying, I want to make sure that when Electra books a room and he has this massive room with all these facilities that he's they're using it or mm. he or she are, are using it to their full capacity. And not just get in the room because it's got the nice flashy things that they want to have in it. So, yeah. and but also, you mean being able to report that about how well utilised their whole of their university is, mm. and be able to say, well, these rooms are used well, these rooms aren't so used well. This is where the students tend to hang around on a on a on a, on a regular basis, most probably next to the coffee shop or, or something. But it's understanding that. I tell you what, it, I didn't drink coffee when I was at the university. It was, uh, it was definitely the bar would have been the hot spot, I think. Oh, well, so the student union then. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming during the day. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I never went, so I never went to university, so I, I, I can't comment. Um, so, yeah, so uh, you, you throw me now, but that's Sorry. okay, that's okay. Um, 
so we, we've got this way of gathering analytics and what well, started off as location to try and improve process and find things that's now having a wider impact mm. um, and it's using exactly the same principles but because we've got a device in our pocket we're using it to be able to expand that out of just sort of very maybe more niche healthcare environments yeah. to pretty much anywhere yeah absolutely so we're seeing it uh, i mean as i said at the, at the beginning so my focus is on enterprise so so that spans uh, retail finance and industrial customers and the ways that people are using this is, is quite different in each of those uh, in each of those verticals so we've got shopping centers that are looking to use this to work out traffic flows uh, as in people flows through yeah. the through the shopping center um to work out uh if, if you think for for a shopping center they want to be able to they want to be able to to rent out spaces that's their that's mm-hmm. their business so if they can say to uh, to a retailer um we have a hundred thousand people a week walk past this shop front um, which is why we charge you more than that one down uh, down the aisle there, which which only has eighty thousand people yeah. walking past it. So they've got some some real tangible metrics to to back up mm-hmm. uh, what the, the 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 service charges, the rents that they're charging um, to to the retailers. Um, if you look at uh, the finance vertical, for example, we're seeing a lot of office moves in London at the moment. We're seeing a lot of people consolidating, um, getting rid of, as I think you were talking about in, in some of your previous podcasts, that really looking to redesign the workplace. Um, and how can we use, how can they use these kind of technologies to work out? So we've we've moved away from fixed offices. We've moved away from a relatively low utilization in, a, in, the, in the office environment. How do we then measure that um, so that we can see, are people using these kind of new sexy collaborative spaces? Are people uh, coming into the office for the whole day or are they just coming in for a few hours? Yeah, because that's really interesting because we use that ourselves because we, we, mm. we basically use two methods to measure our workspace utilisation and we use the door entry system, yeah. which means I can see Justin walking through the front door. Where does he go after the front door? I don't know, yeah. but he's gone in. And then when I walk out, I don't, they don't see me check out. No. So they don't know how long I was in the office for. Yeah. But so we use that, which I think people might gather is not the most accurate way of doing it. But we also use the Wi-Fi as well. So mm. we can see that, oh, Justin came in, he logged on to the Wi-Fi, and then he spent X amount of time here, X amount of time there, and then we sort of leave the building. Yeah, and, and so that allows Cisco as a business to understand how well utilized our real estate is, mm. and then to make those educated changes on where do you think we could maybe consolidate some office space? Um, but also to your point of when you make a, a want to try and attract people into the office and let them work together, mm. we've we've invested into sort of upgrading our offices. How is that really impacting on that? How mm. do you know? And that's where they're using the Wi-Fi network to do that. And and we've made, and and when you actually understand that where an office isn't being used or spaces are being used, you can actually go well. I, I can see this building. The first floor is used, but the second and third floor aren't being used. Mm. Then I can go away and. Right, actually, I know I've got to accommodate another off, uh, floor's worth of space in another building. Mm. I can close a building down. Yep. Or I can rent it out again. Or I can or help to reduce costs and, and utilise our space. But it allows you to make it on intelligent information instead of it being just 
people walking around with a clipboard or, or, yeah. or, or sort of hearsay or, or just um, any other inaccurate way of doing it. So. Yeah, yeah. I think the you could probably summarise that as... I'm sure you measuring... could summarise everything I say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think a lot of people measure attendance, they don't measure utilisation. So attendance is literally how many people uh, scan through the, the front door with their, uh, with their badge. That's how many people w- were in the office that day which is nothing to do with utilisation. So that person might have walked in to pick something up and then walked straight out again. Um, utilisation is, is truly how many people, how many bums on seats were there, how, how many, many desks were, were occupied. So if we can use Wi-Fi uh, coupled with the attendance data to really build up a, a better picture, then facilities people are going to be much more informed and, I guess, empowered to say we're closing this this floor or this office or we're changing the way that the office is laid out and we've got data to, to back that up yeah. and to make those kind of bold decisions. And that's interesting because I've been I mentioned before we talking to universities about that and they're going around and they have to report... Um, uh, utilization of their of their real estate mm. uh, up into to to the uh, back to the government to hefke mm. and uh, what they I've, I've spoken to a couple about is they walk uh, they walk around for two week period a couple of times a year with a iPad in their hand and just measure it mm. in that way and that's we can even work out ourselves that's highly inaccurate because yeah. you're sitting a snapshot twice a year yeah. um, and we've been saying to look you've got a Wi-Fi network most universities already have it flooded Wi-Fi I actually saw it on there was an article on, oh, it was on Twitter. I read it in there, and they basically there's a university in Switzerland that have actually gone away and said, oh, you can use Wi-Fi to measure analytics. I'm going, well, we've been doing this for ages. But, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's about being able to do that. And there, it's really interesting, because I'm now not talking to an IT person, I'm talking to a, the estates team. Mm. Uh, and we've taken them down to... Um, uh, a museum in London that has this technology deployed mm. and, and show how they use it to, to say right this is where people hang out this is where we can t- help to improve our, our visitors experience because we can tell because of the we have free Wi-Fi so people will connect if they've got a device so we can tell if they're connected and we can tell who's not connected mm. and we can also tell how long they t- hang around the, the museum for their flow they go through and they've provided that back to the, the administrative staff inside the mu- in the museum to help them to Look at how they can make the visitor experience even better. Mm. So there's there's huge amounts of ways of doing this. So that that's really that's, you I mean from a from a estates thing, it's it's mm. absolutely huge. Both in from a public sector, healthcare, education, into even into public Wi-Fi as well. Now we mm. can start to measure like people on the high street because if you have outdoor Wi-Fi, uh, we've got towns. Uh, there are you mean smart towns that are putting Wi-Fi out there, and you can start to use this technology to do that as well. Mm. Even if it's based out in the cloud, so if they've got the Meraki offering, that's that's has that capability as well, doesn't it? It does, it does indeed. Yeah, so we can we can tell uh, we can tell if something's if, if somebody's a, a passerby. So if you can only hear that client very quietly, we can we can recognise that as a passerby uh, versus somebody that's that's walked into your your environment, whatever that might might be, it be at a shop or train station or whatever it, whatever it could be. Um, so we've we've got that uh, kind of granularity, I suppose, to understand. Yeah, because uh, and you've mentioned one thing there that uh, that we haven't discussed yet, and it's a bit tacky. Hmm. We, we we are a pair of geeks, yeah. and, and I openly admit that because there's different ways. Because we've talked about the way of triangulation. Hmm. 
but there's another way of doing it that is not as accurate, but you've sort of hinted yeah. at there, isn't it? It's the passerby or the... I don't... Because there's another way of doing this, isn't there? There Go is, on. yeah. So, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think where... And we've, we've done it today, haven't we? That we've gone straight in for the... Oh, this is all the cool, sexy stuff that you can do. Um, which potentially means that you need a network deployed in a special way to yeah, give you location gonna, Yeah, and which obviously could have... You mean, you mostly need the extra access points and you, you hmm. need them deployed in a very certain kind of way and yeah. that sort of thing. But they, they, you've gone. Go yeah, on. but I, I guess... Uh, We've certainly, from talking to uh, to a number of customers about this over the last couple of years, um, there's not not everybody's going to have their network deployed in in that in that way. Um, so what we can do now is, if you're looking to sort of dip your toe in the water and and see what value this kind of service can bring, we've got something called presence analytics. Not uh, Christmas presents. No, no, so this not is presence. Christmas presents. This is as in, am I present or not? Um, That's for, the same present, yeah. No. Totally different. It's not the same way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right, you know, you've ruined my train of thought. Um, so we can tell if somebody is uh, is present in that environment uh, or if they're not, if they're a passerby. So we can use this for sort of simple people counting. Um, we don't necessarily care about where those people are within the environment. We just care if they're inside or outside. Um, and that's a very simple solution to stand up. Um, we can offer that uh, in the cloud now as well, which is yeah, quite yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so we don't, you don't necessarily have to have uh, have much on on premise at all. Um, today, you need a, a small uh, sort of cloud connector, if you like, a small proxy uh, that sits between your wireless LAN controller and our cloud service. So it's not uh, it's not completely cloud-based today. That's that's coming in the not-too-distant future where you'll be able to connect your controller directly into our cloud. Um, and a controller being the thing that... The, the wireless LAN controller. So that's the controller that actually manages and runs your Wi-Fi network. Exactly right, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's... That's a, a very simple solution to to have a play with, um, and actually you can you can you can sign up for a, a sixty day free trial of that. So uh, if you want to have a play with it and get a get a feeling for uh, for what it can deliver, uh, that's that's a really nice way yeah. of uh, of just dipping your toe in the water. And that presence is just it is it's it's your proximity to a access point. So you mm. don't need two or three access points to hear it. You yep. just need one, one and point, it just measures yeah. it on how far away. From a noise perspective, so as in how, like for example, Wi-Fi works exactly the same as sound waves. If mm. I'm stood farther away and I can hear you less, I'm assuming you're further away from me. Yep. If you're really loud next to me, if you're really loud, I'm assuming that you are next to me. Yeah. So that's the, it's the principle of that. Exactly. So it allows you to, like you say, dip your toe in the water, and you can get some nice analytical reports around that mm. to say passer by, and they'll say somebody who passes by is somebody it would be um, hearing you quite quietly, but somebody who's actually connected, and you can actually, well, I know you're connected and you're quite loud, so I know you're within the area of proximity of, of this Wi-Fi access point, mm. so I can then say, well, you hung around for this amount of time. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So... Um, the, the other end of the scale, so we, we've, we're sort of flexing this technology downwards to make it easier to deploy um, for, for anybody. Um, we're also improving the accuracy at the, the other end of the market where people are saying, you know what, five meters just, just isn't good enough for, for the process that, that I want to, to use this for. Um, so we've introduced something called hyperlocation, which... Uh, hyperlocation. Hyperlocation. This isn't just location, this, this is, is hyperlocation. Oh my God. 
I'm excited. It's what is it? It's really cool, actually. So we oh, you say that though. Well, you would I say would that. say that. Um, it's actually really, really, really old technology. Um, like Cold War technology. Um, <laughs> what do you mean Cold War? What valves? <laughs> so we're using um, something called angle of arrival, and it comes from. Uh, something that there were a handful of dotted across the country uh, during the Cold War called Vullenweber arrays. So these things were four or five hundred... Vullenweber? Yeah. Vullenweber. Uh, Is that one of my old relatives, Vullen? (laughs) (laughs) So these things were sort of four or five hundred metres across and were able to detect... um, pings basically coming from Sputnik satellite and things like that. So back in proper olden days. Um, uh, which is going to show my, my age, I think, there. Or the <laughs> lack of age, because yeah, you, were, you weren't even around when the Cold War was on. <laughs> so <laughs> the basically it's, it's a great big circular antenna, and we can tell based on which, which parts of that antenna we can hear that signal on, um, we can tell which direction it's come from. And essentially what we've done with hyperlocation is miniaturise that technology to something that rather than 400 metres across, it's 12 inches across. So we can tell which direction the Wi-Fi signals uh, are coming from um, to, to, to hit that access point, which gives us much closer to kind of one or two metres of accuracy yeah. rather than five metres of accuracy. Um, which means that we can we can deliver different kind of services because we know much more accurately where that. Uh, yeah. Where so that if you're is. if you're uh, the solution that you were thinking of, the business benefit is about knowing exactly where somebody is mm. in a lot more accurate way. Um, then that's where it's really going to benefit benefit for you. Precisely. Yeah. Okay. So. We've talked about lots of things, and the one thing that you talk about accuracy and things like that, and, and, and other things we can do with it. And one thing came to mind was around sort of uh, wayfinding, and mm. that might not be a common term, but I think we all use it today with Google Maps. Yeah, <laughs> and you mean I, I can go to New York and I can navigate my way around New York by just counting streets up, up and down and yep. left and right. I come to London, and I have to get my map out as soon as I come out <laughs> of the tube because I I don't know where I'm going most of the time. Uh, that's because I'm from out in the sticks in Wales, so you I mean it's the big smoke for me, isn't it? Um, but that's the thing about if it's been using it for wayfinders. I know where you are. Hmm. I know where you're going to yep. because you might on a map, and, and and then you can draw. We can draw you a line. So it's sort of a halfway house of not indoor GPS, but I can go. I know you're here. Hmm. I know you want to go to to. I know, for example, if you're a student, I want to to go to a lecture theatre, but I can tell you the way to get there. So Absolutely. it's adding value with things like that as yeah. well, isn't it? So it, 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 and there's companies that we work with, a company called Maze Maps, yep. who do that for you. You can actually turn your floor plans into quite funky ma- maps that go onto a smart device. Hmm. Yeah, there's. I guess the the way I like to think of this is, is there, there really is. Uh, it, it's it's down to your imagination what you want to do with this. So now you know not only who's connected to your network, but where they are. Um, so what can you do with that, that information? So that, it's all available via an API, and we've got a lot of partners that we work with who've done some really... What's an API? Uh, application Program Interface. Thank you. So that I still don't know what that be... means, but it, yeah, it you knew what the three-letter words were. So you can suck that into uh, any, any mobile app to, to make it location-aware. Um, so that means that I was at an event last week where we were working with a, an app developer... 
who uh, enabled you through the event app because we knew where everybody was uh, it knew who which which event attendees were were near you so there was a messaging capability within the app so you can say where's uh, I quite like I'd quite like to have a chat with with this guy because he's working on a on a product that I'm interested in um, and you can tell where he is so you can you can contact people that are that are close to you so yeah. there's there's lots of uh, lots of things that you can do. So engaging people on their proximity to things or where they're exactly. trying to go to or their interests and things like that. So, I mean, we were to, again, you cover enterprise, I'll cover public sector. Yeah. So I think we're hopefully going to have a balanced view on this. But um, we're going back to university. I never went. You did. But on <laughs> Freshers' Week, being able to find your way around yeah. must be really beneficial. Yeah. Even on when you're visiting uh, a university and going right is this the right university for me mm. uh, where you would be able to uh, find out where the, what's going on uh, and be able to engage with that potential new student so mm. say right welcome we've noticed you've been to all these different um, departments these are the departments that you haven't been to they're available now there's not many people in there so mm. go and have a go in and, and try to use things like that and so it's lots of different ways and, and engaging by the that application Program interface. program interface you can you can write apps so and there's lots of universities and companies have people there who write apps mm. if you've got an app you can and you think that um location information would help um add value or help to engage with either mm. your staff or your or, or customers then that's where you can start to think about that if you've got wi-fi think about how you could use that in that way yeah and uh, very simple uh, rest uh, rest api we publish all the documentation around that on uh, what we call Cisco DevNet, which is our our developer community. So, uh, loads of information on there. There's also now a uh, what we call a sandbox. So you can go and have a have a play around. We've got uh, we've got a, a a sort of working system in there that you can you can start to interrogate and push and pull uh, from that from that API. So there's uh, there's lots of uh, lots of resources out there if you wanted to have a play. So you don't even idea. have to have a. So you don't have to be a Wi-Fi expert. Nope. You've just got to go. I, I can go to this sandbox. I want. I'm, I'm an app developer, not myself personally, but mm-hmm. a customer could be an app developer and go, or and just be able to go on there and start to play around with it and see what it can do. Precisely. Wow. Yep. Okay. Great. Absolutely. Brett. We've covered lots today. We've covered a lot of ground. We've covered a lot of ground. A lot more than I thought we were going to get through, but. Um, so, you mean for those listening, if you are interested, please contact the podcast. Um, if you go to uh, www.cisco.com forward slash go forward slash CMX. Yep. Now, I've avoided trying to use any marketing here, <laughs> I'll you, but CMX is our Cisco's name for what we've been talking about today Wi Fi analytics, location tracking, whatever. So, which means connected mobile experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, go to that website forward slash go forward slash CMX. Uh, you can contact us at the show. You can contact me at, at Justin Woolen on Twitter or you can email me at justin.woolen at cisco.com. Uh, Brett, thanks very much for your time today. Thank you. Th- looking forward to the next time I can get you on the show. Good stuff. See you later. Cheers. Bye.